Good morning, everyone. I'm Prophetess Lou. Welcome to the Glory Room. Hope you all have a blessed day. Let's get started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for taking care of us. Father God, we ask as we partake in your word today, Father God, that you show us what you're trying to to reveal to us. We ask you to open our ears and eyes so that we may see, Father God. Father God, we ask you, if there's anything that we're doing wrong, please forgive us, Father God. If there's anything that's blocking us from hearing you, please forgive us. Father God, we also ask that you bless the people that are reading it, bless the people that are hearing it. Father God, we ask you to continue to be with us and pour out your wisdom on us today. Father God, help us to learn this word that you are you are brought forth today. Help us not just apply it for today, apply it every day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, just like every Sunday, we have a new memory verse. Today's, this week's memory verse is Leviticus 19.11. You shall not steal, nor de- deal falsely, nor lie to one another. Verse of the day is James 1 and 2 from the NLT. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles or any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Subject, great deal of joy. Affirmations. I'm going to say it and pause behind each one to give you opportunity. I am filled with joy. I am kind. I am placing my trouble with God. I'm not disturbed with what the enemy is doing. It's hard to think of trouble as joy. It's hard to think of problems on ongoing situations as joy. But as we come across these situations, the Bible says to count it as joy. When we deal with situations, we have to ask God for strength. Maybe we we ask him to rush us along through our painful moments. We need to start asking the Holy Spirit to show us how we go through it, what to do and what when we are set upset about what's in our current situation and what do we need to learn from it. Sometimes I have to realize that I'm going through this for a reason. I'm going through it because I need to grow. And that's what he wants from us. He wants us to grow more. He wants us to develop more character. And a lot of times we think, oh, this is the worst, or oh, God doesn't love me, and that's far from the truth. When God takes us through the worst, be prepared. He's always, it's always, he always has something he he wants to show us about ourselves. First Peter one six, and all this you greatly rejoice through now. For a little while you may be, you may have to suffer in grief and all kinds of trials. And Peter, we were told the same thing that we have to rejoice through the hard times. And a lot of people have the assumption that when we as believers go, don't go through and we won't have moments of weakness, but we will. We will. And that's normal. We aren't superhuman. We aren't Superman, but we are humans. But we have to we have a God that will will hold us through our darkest moments if we allow him in. Verse seven, these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being treated as fire, test and purified as gold through our faith is far more precious than gold so when you your when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when jesus is revealed to the whole world when we are going through it it shows us where our faith is solid in is it in god because sometimes we lose our sturdy ground after all we are focused on the situation We must be focused on God. We must focus on what he's trying to bring us through. We can't pick what tests and trials we we will have. We can't pick when it ends and when it begins. But we can pick who we put our trust in, which is God. We can pick who who will comfort us, which is God. We must always allow our word to help us through. We must always allow our prayer sessions to help build the strength. 
As we pray, we learn we can release our cares on God and he will see us through. Sometimes we feel that our life is too chaotic for God to help us through, and that's not true. Philippians 1 29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. It tells us here that we must believe in God. We can't let our situation cause us to become weak and to put our trust in other things. But we have to understand that when we suffer, when we go through, we are going through because of the sake of Christ. Christ suffered for us. He went through for us. He died for us. And if our life has to be a little uncomfortable for him, why can't we do that? Why can't we endure to develop more in him? I've gone through trials and I've gone through the toughest times in my life. But what helped me through was believing that God has something better in store for me and that God saw something in me that I need to let go to grow from. In order to grow, we must let go. In order to endure, we must suffer. That's not an easy concept to understand in the last past weeks. The Holy Spirit has been trying to teach us and show us how to endure, how to push through. We can't give up when things are tough. We can't turn our back when we are in this season. Today, if you feel that your life is tough because of what's happening to you at this moment, tell God about it. Yes, God put you through tests and trials, but during those moments, believe that he will carry you through. I believe that he doesn't want to see us cry and upset, but he does want to see us in a better state than what we are in now. Trust in him today to help you to develop who you are in him. He can't develop us as long as we aren't trying to let go. Some of us have been holding on to the wrong people and things. That's why we can't grow. Some of us are allowing our meddling in the flesh to trip us up from going higher. The Holy Spirit wants us to know, I can't take you up if you're weighed down. It's time to release. Prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us hear another lesson from you. Thank you for allowing us to grow in you. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. Lord, we love you for what you have done and what you're going to do. Father, help us to release what's holding us back. Help us to hear you when you speak. Father, we desire to go higher. We desire to know your will for our lives. Show us, Father. Help us to be a living sacrifice for you and your glory. Lord, we need you to show us we can't do it alone. We thank you for your, your peace and love. Lord, we ask you to... Open us up so that we may receive. Okay. So the topic today is great deal of joy. I'm going to pause here for just a few seconds to give everybody time to get a Bible, a thing of water. Remember, this is the extended version. The mini version is only seven minutes and 42 seconds long. In that version, I'm not explaining it according to the way the Holy Spirit gives me utterance. And then this one here, um, we're going to take a few minutes to actually explain it. I'm going to try to make this as short as possible, but um, 25 minutes is maximum. Uh, try not to put a time limit on what the Holy Spirit gives me to give to y'all, but 25 is max. Okay, so great deal of joy. I don't think a lot of us are in a joyful spirit when we're going through. Some of us look at tests and trials and and situations as aggravating as why me and we pull the pity card oh woe is me i don't know why i'm going through i don't deserve this why me of all people and i heard one time when i said this to to, to the holy spirit i said why me he said why not you i'm like i didn't have an answer 
I sat there at this, uh, I sat there in, in awe because I'm like, why not me? Why? Because I think I'm a prophet. Why? Because I think I read my Bible all the time and pray that I shouldn't go through. What people don't tell you is that when you're a Christian, you're going to go through. People give people this false ideal that when you're a Christian, you won't go through. You're superhuman. You're you're exempt from all this. You're skip every level of this. This is not what you experience. But I'm here to tell you, you will experience it. You experience it more because the, the enemy is after you. You're no longer playing for his team, so he has to get you out. A lot of us are still dabbling in his team, so that's why we're going through. Now, some of us are reading our Bible, we're praying, we're on the right track, but we still have the enemy attack us because we are doing what we're supposed to do, and he have to find a way to trip us up. But we have to know that our strength is not in what we do. Our strength is not in who we are, but our strength is in God. And when we go through, he's there to help us stand the test. No one else might not stand with you. No one else might not call you and check on you. No one else might not send you a text and say, hey, girl, you okay? <laughs> no one else might not make a Facebook post about you and say, hey, pray for Lou. No. I'll use this as an example. No, they're, they're not going to do that. But you know who is going to be there to comfort you is Jesus. He's there every step of the way. He's there to tell you what's going on. He's there to tell you, hey, this is going to happen next. I need you to be prepared. And sometimes it gets worse before it gets way better. It depends on what season of your life you're in. That's why you need to ask God sometimes if you feel things are off, you say, God, what season am I in? Because right now, this is tough. And he's going to tell you what season you're in. Some of us are in a growing season. I think we talked about yesterday, some of us in a crushing season. Some of us in a lonely season. But in those seasons, we all are doing the same thing, which is developing character. He's developing our character. He's developing us. And during those seasons, we need to also ask God, what do you want me to let go of? What are you trying to show me to release? Because it's something in our life that we are holding on to. Do you, have you ever seen a hot air balloon? And um, I always wanted to go on one, but I feel like I'd be too afraid I'll sit at the bottom of the basket. But that's we're not going to unpack that right now. <laughs> we're going to talk about the hot air balloon. Have you ever seen a hot air balloon? Everyone gets in the air balloon. Let's just say it's just two people. So as you as you go up or before it starts, they they puff air or heat in the they they, they have this little I guess a lever and you pull it and it blows the air into the into some kind of machine and the machine creates heat and so you go up so the lighter the balloon is i have seen it where people had about four people in there so it took slower time to get off the ground i've seen it where it's just one person i i've seen it on youtube this guy he, he wanted to go he's he's an older gentleman and he got in it and he took off immediately just like that it's like as soon as he pulled the lever he's gone but then you have people that have two and three in there and they have to keep blowing or pulling the lever and it takes a while for it to take off just a little slower and that's like our spiritual life the more we are carrying on this road to going up to god the more that we're carrying going down this road the road that he picked for us the slower it will go because you're holding on to things that's going to make it heavy for you to take off.
God is waiting for some of us to take off. But we can't because we're so heavy. Some of us are still trying to hold on to old relationships and old things and people we, we need to let go of. And we, we're scared because we, we don't want to go down this road alone. We don't want to go up alone. But what we must understand is that when we go up, we have to let go. Because those people aren't on the same level as us. Those people aren't seeking God the way you're seeking God. Those people aren't reading their word the way you read your word. And let's just say that person is doing what you're doing. They're, they're reading their word. They're praying. They're, they're, they're of God. But he, he or she is not what God wants for you. He or she is not what God wants in your life. So you have to let go. You can't sit there and negotiate what God, what you want to stay. You can't negotiate with God and say, hey, I go this way if you let me keep this. I, I go this way if you let me smoke. I, I go this way if you let me drink. You can't negotiate with God. It's all or nothing. In order to develop and grow, we have to have that that mindset that I want to grow in him at all costs. When I first gave my life to Christ, um, my mom said, Lou, be careful how you word things with God. And I kept going through and I kept going through and, and she actually said, Laura, what do you, what do you pray for when you, when you go in your prayer closet? And I said, I mostly pray for spiritual gifts. She said, ah, she said, that's why you're going through. She said, when you pray for certain gifts of the spirit, she said, you're going to go through because you've got to be molded for those gifts. She said, I'm not going to tell you to stop. She said, I'm never going to tell you that. She said, but that's why you're having such a hard time. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I continue to pray because I, I won't, I want it. And I still want more gifts of the spirit. I want the gifts that he given me to be strong. I want to know more. I want to have more wisdom and knowledge so I'll be able to teach. To me, a teacher should know more to be able to lead sheep, to lead people, to to lead people to God. How can I lead if I don't know? How can I teach someone to pray if I don't pray? How can I teach someone to meditate if I don't meditate? We as people, uh, image bearers or people that are Sunday school teachers, pastors. We must be full of wisdom and knowledge. We must study our word. We must ask God for more spiritual growth because without that, how are we going to lead people if we don't know? How can we tell people to endure if we can't endure? We have to understand that he does this to change us. If you're not willing to change, if you're saying, I like me, I like where I am in life. Don't ask him to, to give you a spiritual gift. Don't ask him to increase your gifts. Because when you do this, you have to be molded for those positions, those, those gifts. Some of us get those gifts naturally once we give our life to Christ. Some of us, the Paul says, ask. He said, ask for those gifts. I'm paraphrasing. Ask for those gifts. We must ask for those gifts. And when you ask for those gifts, you can't expect him to 
poor anointing in an empty vessel. We must be filled. We must be waiting to be filled. We're only empty because we don't ask them to pour into it. We're only empty because we have let our anointing dry up because we don't use it. So we must ask God, fill me with your, your anointing. Fill me with your wisdom and knowledge. Show me what I must let go so I can grow. One scripture we talked about here is First Peter 1 and 6. And all this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while. You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. It says here that you must, you we for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We might have to suffer in our trials, but it's only for a little while. It's not for long. It might feel like it's for years, but it's not. And the only reason why it feels like it's stretched out for years is because we keep failing the test. My my dad brought something to my attention uh, about two months ago. He, he said, Lou, he said, um, do you remember the movie um, Groundhog? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you remember that the day kept repeating and repeating and repeating until he figured out what was going on? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's what happens when you're in a trial, when you're in a test and you keep failing. He said, you're going to keep having that test until you get it right. He said, whatever you're going through now, he said, look at it and figure out what are you doing wrong. He said, ask God and he will tell you. And I sat down and asked God, I said, God, I said, my dad said that I'm going through this again because I'm missing something. He said, yes, you are. And he told me and I corrected it and I allowed him to help me correct it. And I passed the test. Sometimes is God's going to give place someone in your life that's going to tell you it's not going to always be a prophet or a pastor. It's not going to be your best friend. It's going to be your parent. Or, or a random person you're talking to in the store. And don't just push someone to the side because they don't wear that title. They don't they don't walk in what you walk in. My dad says all the time, he said, I'm not a Christian. He said, I'm a heathen. He said, I'm not going to play with God like that. But God used him to tell me something. God even used a donkey in the Bible. We must not look at who is dressed to tell us. We must look at the message and stop looking at the person. Okay, so another part of what we was looking at, this is one of our reference verses. Um, you can get your Bible or I could just read it off to you because I've only got two reference verses for us today because that one reference verse is very thick and I, I want to break it down. So the reference verse that's before this one is Philippians 1 and 29. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. We must believe and suffer. It says it here. But a lot of people skip this. Oh, I'm going to skip this. I'm going to skip this part. It says I have to suffer. No, not me. Ah. Not me. Of all people, not me. It can't be me. This is for someone else. This can't be for me. You're running to those moments in your life that you'll be suffering. You won't even know it's suffering. You won't even know it's a trial. You won't even know it's a problem. You won't even know it's a situation until you keep repeating it. You're like, this looks like the same situation I dealt with last week. Why is it here again? 
because last week you failed. You thought you passed, but you didn't because when Susan confronted you, you lost it. The week before last, you was in traffic and you cut someone out. The week before last, Bob in accounting told you your figuring was wrong and you went off on Bob. See, that same situation came to you twice. So what do I need to do different? Ask for self-control. Ask God to hold your tongue. Ask God to be the gatekeeper of your mouth. And when we're the gatekeeper, when we're the gatekeeper, when he's the gatekeeper of our mouth, we don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to worry about whether we say the wrong things. We just have to yield ourselves to him. I'm sorry, my alarm is going off. So sorry. I thought I put my phone on mute. I must didn't. My apologies. Um, I think that was the um, enemy to throw me off of what I was trying to say. Um, but yes, suffering is a requirement of becoming a Christian or walking in the light. We have to suffer because he suffered. We have to suffer to be able to grow. We'll find great joy one day. Paul and everything he went through, he found joy in it. He didn't find it as, oh, I'm Apostle Paul. Why am I going through this? No, he's like, okay, I'm going to take it on. I don't like it, but I'm going to take it on. He found it to be in a moment where he, he drew into being content. He says it. So we're going to go into this verse. So um, grab your Bible, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. 2 Corinthians 9 through 10. Like I said, I only put two reference verses because this one is very, it's, it's big. And um, because we're on 22 minutes, I don't want us to go over. So I'm going to only read it from the NLT. So Sorry. Um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. I'm going to hit 8 too. So this verse for me is going to be 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Make sure I'm in the right spot. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. Okay. Three, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boost about the weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and my insults and hardship and persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, I am strong. Okay, so we're going to start at the top. He said three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Let's go up a little further. I'm going to try to do this real quick. In verse 7, he said, even though I received so much wonderful revelation from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He begged God three times to take it away. God, take the thorn out. Take this situation away, please. And God did this to keep him where he don't become prideful because it's easy to become prideful. We see these pastors on TV or we see people on TV, they get so prideful. We're like, no, that's never going to happen. I'm telling you, pride, the spirit of pride will sweep on you so quick. You'd be like, oh, 
I didn't know this could happen. It can happen. That's why every day we must pray, God, keep me humble. Another thing it says each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He said, this is what the Lord told him. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He said, the, the Lord is telling him that no matter how weak you are, I'm going to make you strong. That's when my power is great. That's when my power is best. That's when it is the greatest is when you're weak because you're no longer working through your strength. You're working through my strength because I'm pouring it on you. Everything's about God. Everything's about giving him glory. Everything's about, about your life being a living sacrifice for him. Not for you saying, oh, I made it through this trial by myself. That's why sometimes we don't make it through the trials because we're too busy depending on our strength when we have to depend on the Lord. Another part says, so now I'm glad to boost about my weakness so that the power of Christ can come through work through me. That's why I don't take pleasure in my weakness, in my insults, hardship, persecution, troubles. That's that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He realized that through the prosecution, through the hardship, through the troubles, I suffer, but I suffer and I become weak, but I'm strong because I'm walking in the light. I'm praying. I'm reading my word. I'm praising him even when they have me locked up. I'm praising him even when they whip me and didn't do anything. I'm praising him even when they beat me until they throw me out the gate. This is what Paul is saying. But I am still strong because I am walking with God. And that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to let us know today. That when we go through, don't look at it as a dismay. Don't look at it and say, woe is me. Look at it and say, I'm glad he used me and I can walk in his strength. I'm glad he used me. I'm weak, but I'm strong in him. I'm not strong in my doing, but I'm strong in his doing. I'm strong in his power because I can't make it. I can't do it. We have to start knowing where our strength comes from. It's not us having an eight hours restful night. It's not us going to a trip on Bahamas. Our strength comes from God. He's the only one that can give it to us. So where do your strength lie? How do you deal with your pain? How do you deal with your suffering? Paul says, I'm content. I'm weak, but I'm strong in him. Have a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loves you. I love you too. Be blessed.